years ago, I was given a directive for myself. Live one moment at a time, one breath at a time. And that's the truth of this pathway. We live in the moment. We live in the now. And we see how it is we want to live right now. In the new garment of joy, of peace, of loving, of holding our attention inward and upward? Or do we want to live in this very moment in the old pattern of focus down and out and in the old garments, the old ways of life? And it's just a simple choice. And in every moment, it can be different. In one moment, you can go, nope, it's the old clothes. Nope, now it's this moment, it's the new clothes. Well, now it's the new clothes. Nope, now it's the old clothes. And it's surprising if we begin to pay attention to this movement of loving, and that's really what it is. It's very easy to stay present in that movement of loving and still be able to fulfill all the requirements of our outer daily life. Why is that? How is that? It's because we begin to be aware of this true movement of loving. We begin to be aware of it. And as we begin to be aware of it, we begin to feel it moving in us and through us and around us in such a way that when we are truly living in that movement of loving, there's a presence there. There's a knowing there of living in something that is true, that is something that is truly you, the divine. And after a while of being aware of that, you begin to find yourself also being more aware of when you're not living in that loving, when you're not living in that centeredness, when you're not holding that movement of loving and allow it to participate in all that you do and that you move from that place of centeredness in all things, in all ways. And then, then you truly do have the choice in the moment. Whoop, I'm not in the movement of loving. I don't feel that loving presence. I don't feel that warmth or whatever it might be for you. And you stop for the next moment and you go, I'm going to look up. I'm going to hold my awareness to where that loving resides within me for I know where that is now. And I'm going to bring it present and move into the next moment and allow it to live in my next moment. And eventually you'll do that in such a way that it is automatic. It isn't something you have to do so, so consciously. But at first it really will be something that you will ever having to be ever to make a choice. Now, why is that? At first, we have all these old garments, all these old belief systems and ways of living our life, our habit patterns, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions and reactions, ever hanging on us. And we have to be willing to make a choice in the moment to do the old or to move forward into the new to let go of the untrue and pick up and live in the true? Or do we pick up the untrue once again and live it?
It takes time. But the more and more we begin to live into the true, into the loving, the more those things that are untrue and are unloving and of this creation begin to drop away, the more we will find ourselves standing in the truth of who we truly are as divine children of God, eventually we'll find that there's not the choice to pick up the old patterns, to live the old ways, to put on the old garments, because there are none. There's just the truth of who we are. And then we begin to live as a child of God in all that we do, wherever we go. But it takes time to get there. So be patient with yourself and be patient with this process. And keep things simple. Yes, there are ways in the world. How many books out there right now of self-help books, of self-direct books, are out there telling us how we're to make our lives work? What it is we're doing wrong and how to do it right? Well, they all have some really wonderful information. And if we really put those things to practice, we might just find that some of them will work for us. Not all of them, but some of them might just work. But I would say it's better to go inside and to get your own truth, your own understanding, your own wisdom, your own loving to come awake and present inside of you and to allow yourself to live in that rather than picking up books of other people's awareness and try to live theirs. You may find it more challenging because maybe you don't have quite the same process. You don't have quite the same obstacles to overcome. Maybe they were abused in a way that you were not. Maybe they were judged in a way that you were not. But yet, if you read their book, and it's all about how they overcame judgment of this or that, or how they overcame abuse of this or that, you then have to find yourself going into some form of belief about abuse or judgment inside yourself. You may have to create something in order to pick up the tools that they are now giving you to do. And what are you going to do? Well, you're going to learn about what you don't want to create in your life, and you're going to learn how to discreate that. Better to go inside and just do the work that is about you and allow the spirit in you to direct you in a movement of loving, in a movement of gratitude and joy, rather than the difficulties that this world places upon us. I remember going to church as a child and witnessing the Holy Spirit truly come present, whether I was in synagogue, at a Catholic church, a Baptist church, Episcopal church, or whatever. Seeing the Holy Spirit come present there, in the moment, in the words that were being spoken, in the rituals that were being performed, making itself present and available to everyone present there. And for some, they truly felt the divine. They truly responded to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And for a moment, they were in their centeredness.
they were in peace. But the moment the church service was over, or the service at synagogue was over, and the energy felt as though it was lifted, even though it wasn't, the people began to get caught back up in the world. And by the time they got to the door and out to their cars, they were back in their old pattern, in their old ways. And their hope was, well, I went to church, I did what God asked me to do, so I hope that when I die, I'll earn enough gold points somehow that I'll get into the gates, I'll get into heaven, I'll get a good reward. I know that this pathway is a pathway much more than what I just described. It's a pathway of knowing. It's a pathway of experience. It's a pathway where the Holy Spirit is ever present. And all we have to do is ever be aware of its presence and choose into it. Why did they experience it at church? Because they expected to be experiencing something more of divine, of spirit, in the church. They expected it to be there in that building. God dwells here. Here we're going to hear God's word. Here we're going to sing songs of praise to God. Here we're going to experience the presence of God as we do these things. And so there I would see the Holy Spirit present. I would see the Holy Spirit moving throughout the building. And I would see some people, not all, but some people responding to that movement and for a moment experiencing it. But the other part of the story is, I see the same movement of the Holy Spirit wherever I go. It's ever moving in the same way. It isn't present just because a minister, a rabbi, someone is standing in front of you professing something, sharing something, singing something, offering something. It's present because it's present. It's ever present. It's ever available. It's ever wanting to participate with you as you will participate with it. It's just in the church, in that moment, people were really looking more inward and upward. They were willing and wanting to participate with that movement, however it might be, whatever it might be called. And some actually did experience it. But in the daily outer world, I have to admit, I didn't see very many people responding to the movement of the Holy Spirit at a doctor's office or in school or wherever it might have been. I saw people then caught more up in the world. What I would like for all of us is to be aware of the movement of loving, the movement of the Holy Spirit, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter how our day is unfolding, and to ever be looking inward and upward and choosing into that action and movement of loving first and allowing the Holy Spirit that dwells within our own soul and is there to assist our soul in awakening to become a part of our daily routine. And that the daily routine is a routine of simplicity, of joy, of loving, of grace, of gratitude, of forgiveness, of acceptance, and all that those 
aspects of God are that dwell within us. And that we begin to live from that place all those aspects in our daily life. Rather than living the definitions the world has put upon us of separation, of unworthy, of judgment, of fear, of anger, of frustration, or whatever it might be that we have accepted and defined ourselves and gotten ourselves caught up in. So as you move through this day, as you move through these next days, begin to bring forward not just the word simplicity, but the action simplicity. Find simplicity in your life. Keep things simple. Don't make them complicated. Don't compound your problems with more problems. How do you do that? Listen to your mind the next time something begins to stir. See what you begin to create within your own mind or within your own feelings and how you add weight to the burden and you create a greater burden for yourself than really existed before. This pathway is not about burden. It's not about heaviness or difficulty or challenge. It's about a pathway of simplicity and ease. This is an easy pathway. Oh yeah, Jim, right. Now I've got to carve out two and a half hours a day out of my day. I've got to sit down and close my eyes and go inside and confront myself and all those things I don't want to look at and try to find that place of centeredness and loving inside of myself that I call my soul. Yeah, that's simple. That's easy. I don't think so. Well, it is. <coughs> it's a lot easier and a lot simpler than ever going through the day feeling separated from your truth and from your loving and never wanting it at the same time. We crave God. We crave loving. We crave peace. We crave joy. We long for it. We call out for it. We cry out daily. And yet, we do very little. We give very little time to allow ourselves to have what it is we want because we want other people to give it to us. Well, my wife, my husband, my mate, my life partner, my children, my mother, my father, my aunt, my uncle, all these people are supposed to give it to me. Why aren't they giving it to me? Because they don't have it for themselves. They cannot give to you what they do not have. And believe me, even if they are living in their centeredness and their loving and their peace and their joy, and God dwells within them in the greatest fullness, they cannot give it to you. They can be an example to you of it, but they cannot give it to you. They can direct you as to how they got it for themselves and that you might get it for yourself, but they cannot give it to you. And that's the way of the spiritual teacher. A spiritual teacher cannot give it to you but can give you the tools by which to have it awaken and stir for you to live more daily in your life. And that's something to pay attention to. 
There's no one in the world, not even the physical form of the spiritual teacher, that can give it to you. The only one that can give it to you is the Holy Spirit. And the only place you truly find that connection of the Holy Spirit where that action takes place is inside, where you and the Father are one. And where you wake up into the knowing of that. It's in the waking up and the knowing of that that then you live the divine. Then you have all those things that you long for in your life on a regular basis. You do not live in fear or separation. You do not fear anything in this world. Yes, you don't want to get a shot, but you're not going to be afraid of it anymore. You're not going to cringe and run away and cry and whatever. You're not going to run away from the IRS guy anymore. You're going to say, okay, well, I'll sit down and I'll talk to you finally. Or whatever it might be. You move in your daily life. You move in your spiritual life as one. In joy, in harmony, in gratitude. Because you and the Father are one and you know it. You know it. You live it. And in the living of that, no longer is the longing there. No longer is the need. And all of a sudden, you don't need all these people out here. You don't need all these people to surround you and make you feel good about yourself. You may now choose whether or not you want to participate in their daily lives and have them choose into participating in your daily life. But no longer do you need them. And that's the opportunity of choice. Now you can choose how you live your life. Now you can choose how you move through your life in this creation. And then you find yourself as one who has taken charge of your life in this creation. No longer does this creation rule you. No longer does this creation push at you and demand at you and challenge you in the way that it has before. But now you have charge over it. Now I wish that as I say that, that I could also say, and there's never a worry, there's never a concern, there's never a fear. You also have the consciousness of the body to deal with. Remember, we are not this body. We are the soul that dwells within this body for experience. But also remember that this body has a consciousness of its own. It has a level of awareness of its own that we have chosen to participate with in order to have experience through it here in this creation. And so as we wake up into the divine of ourselves, we also wake up into that voice of the body, of the emotions and of the mind, ever talking at us, going, well, who do you think you are? Are you that special? You're above us? Before, you were a part of us. You were us. You identified yourself as the body. Why are you now separating yourself from us? And you also find another thing taking place. That as long as you have a body and emotions and mind, you have to deal with them. You have to live in them and with them. And if you cut yourself, it's going to hurt. 
If you had arthritis before you were meditating and woke up to the divine, you're most likely going to have arthritis after you wake up into the divine of yourself because your body still is your body. And it's an amazing process when you begin to realize that. You begin to appreciate your body. You begin to appreciate the pains and the aches, and the challenges and the difficulties in a way you didn't before. And you also begin to realize that a lot of those things are the karmas working themselves out through these different levels of consciousness, through the body, through the emotions, through the imagination, through the mind, through the unconscious, so that we truly can be free of this creation, finally, and move on back home into the oneness of soul, oneness in God, oneness in the realms of spirit, and live there and dwell there in the fullness of ourselves once again. That's what the soul is longing for. Not the body. The body doesn't want to do that because that's not the nature of the body. So what are you going to have happen? Your soul is going to say, no, 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 let's sit down and let's meditate. Let's be quiet. Let's connect into the truth of who we are. And we close our eyes and we sit down and we reconnect into that and our body goes, no, 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 I want something to eat. I'm hungry. This is a waste of time. What are you doing? Get up. Let's go. You know, we've got things to do in this world. And then we have to deal with the consciousness of the body. And we have to bring it into agreement, into alignment. Be still. Be patient. And get the body to do the same. So that we come into wholeness, into cooperation so that we can wake up into the divine knowing of ourselves. And the body is not going to understand that and not want to participate with it for some time possibly. It will ever be calling out. It will ever be calling disturbance forward in our action of meditation because it is focused downward and outward. That's its nature. Its nature is of the world, and so it's going to call us into the world. And rightfully so, because the soul came into this physical form to have experience through it into the world. And so it's just going to do what it knows to do. And it's going, hey, if you're here, if you're awake and present in me, let's go do something. You're supposed to be experiencing through me in the world. And it's for us now to begin to do something different. And that is to redefine through discipline our action of awareness, our action of movement of that awareness. No longer are we going to be so called out in the downward and outward focus, but we are going to be living more in the inward and upward. And we are going to bring the body consciousness, physical body, the emotions, the mind, and all that into more of that movement of awareness as well. And all of a sudden, then we are not so called out into the world. We don't need to go out Friday night and Saturday night and Thursday night and Tuesday night and party here and movies there and dinners there, activities there, surfing there, and whatever it is in the outer. Because we don't need those distractions so that we do not feel the pain. We do not feel the pain because now we are connected to the peace to the joy, to the loving. And we have let go of those garments 
those old comfortable garments that were painful in truth, even though we thought they were comfortable. So be aware that there are many things that go on on many different levels within ourselves, including at the very physical level. And we also have to bring that into agreement. There's a very, very old statement that is so very true. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, that's really the truth. The spirit is willing to sit down, willing to connect back into the spirit because it wants that. But the flesh is weak. The flesh isn't disciplined. The flesh isn't focused inward and outward. So what does the flesh do? In its weakness, it says, let's go do the habit. Let's go do the routine. Let's go do the comfortable. Let's look outward, not inward. And so it's important for us to be aware of that and be aware of where that weakness truly resides. It's in the flesh. And all we have to do is to begin to strengthen the inner truth, the inner awareness, our soul, and its awakening action. And eventually, the body will come into agreement. Eventually. Maybe for some of us, it's very quickly. And for others, it may take longer. But it is through discipline. It is through action. It is through doing that it does take place. So every day, give yourself that opportunity. If you long for peace, if you long for loving, if you long for joy in your life, if you've longed for God in your life, then give yourself the opportunity to have that truly come about by sitting down and giving time, the time of this creation, five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, two hours, whatever it might be, for you to hold your attention not down and out, but in and up to the seat of the soul and give your soul the opportunity to come more awake into its true nature and to begin to live it more fully. The longer we sit in meditation, focused inward and upward, the more we give the opportunity for our soul to come awake and for ourselves to live in that awakeful state. And so if we do two hours focusing inward and upward, being aware of that movement of divine spirit living in us and through us and around us, being aware of ourselves living in that river of loving, it's going to be easier as we move into the day to bring that with us or to choose back into it. And that's the simple truth of it. When I was a child, I had a very simple way of choosing back into it. When I found myself not living in the joy, the peace, the centeredness of spirit moving in that river of loving. I just centered myself and I said one thing. I am surrounded by the pure white light of the Christ. Nothing but good can come from me and nothing but good can come, uh, nothing but good can come to me and nothing but good can go from me. And for this I give thanks. And that simple statement would bring me back into my centeredness. That was me choosing back here to the seat of the soul. Back to that place where the Lord and I are one. Where I connect to God and God connects with me. Where I live in God and God lives in me. And then I could go and do the next moment, the next hour, 
until maybe I was aware I was living in separation again. I would close my eyes. I would go inside and I would say that statement again. I am surrounded by the pure white light of the Christ. Nothing but good can come from me and nothing but good can come to me. And for this I give thanks. And by just saying that, every so often, I could bring myself present. Now that I have the name of God living within me, I do that. I close my eyes for a moment. Or if I'm driving, I don't close my eyes. I look up to that place of awareness where this Lord dwells within me. And I chant the name of God a few times, bringing myself back to the place of the truth of who I am. And then I go do the day. Find a way to bring that which you find in your meditation present into your daily life, however it might be. Chant the hue. Chant the anti-hue. Chant the name of God. Make an affirmation that brings you into that alignment of your own truth and loving. And then you begin to live it more every moment of every day. Live one day at a time, one breath at a time. That's how you do it. And I guess that's it for the day. So thank you all. And I'm sure Brian will be here next week. He just needed a little bit of a hiatus after three weeks of being the focus of attention and, and doing all that he was doing. So he'll be here next week, and so will I. Actually, we'll be here uh, continually now through all of December. So you've got us for a while. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We'll see you all next